Data for the People, a Paris 21 Crisis Podcast. Hello and welcome back again to Paris 21's podcast, Data for the People. My name is Johannes Jürting and I have today Jessica Espy with me, who joins us from London. Jessica is the director of the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network, TRENDS, where she works on helping governments use more and better data for informed decision making. Jessica gives a very thorough analysis of the current situation, where she sees both chances and risks. She points to the immense opportunities that we now have as the world looks to more and better data in fighting the coronavirus crisis. And she makes a case of the need for strengthening health systems to be able to detect where are and how many people have actually died, something that we don't really know, in particular in poor countries. But Jessica also points out to some of the challenges and risks. At a moment where data and statistics are so prominent, we might give in on a couple of important principles that guide us in informed decision making. For instance, she points to the fact that eventually we are compromising on privacy and confidentiality with respect to negotiating contracts with private firms. This is, by the way, the current debates we have in Europe about the tracing app. And there are lots of different views on how this can be done in a responsible way. This is a very important debate. I'm very glad to have Jessica with us. Thanks so much, Jessica, for joining us from London. The floor is yours. I think one of the most perverse things about the, about the virus is that it kind of contradicts everything that is so fundamentally human. That just when you're feeling most sort of isolated and alone and in need of support, you can't access many of your support networks you know you can't see elderly relatives you can't see parents you can't see siblings you can't see friends um, so I think it's very challenging and everyone is experiencing that in different ways um, I'm in London England um, so we have had a very high caseload the borough in which I live has got the third highest count in the whole of London so it's yeah as I said definitely on the doorstep But on the whole, you know, we're the lucky ones. You know, we're not living in uh, low-income countries or post-conflict settings or refugee camps where, you know, the potential impacts of this virus could be absolutely immense. I'm the director of SDSN Trends, which is the data um, thematic network of the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network. Um, the, the broader parent organization, um, SDSN, um, Sustainable Development Solutions Network, is a global network of experts and academics advising on sustainable development issues. We have over a thousand university and expert members around the world. And our job in the Secretariat is to try and support those experts to engage most effectively with government, to make sure that kind of cutting edge policy advice, science, research is actually feeding into sustainable development policy. And of course, in the context of COVID, it is incredibly hard to do that because um, many of the academics that we work with are not allowed into their institutions. They're working from home, very often with incredibly low internet and bandwidth issues. A lot of our partners are in sub-Saharan Africa, Latin America, parts of Asia, and particularly in sub-Saharan Africa, you know, there are serious connectivity issues and, you know, they can't necessarily get to libraries or their research and so on. So um, that, is a, that is a real challenge. And likewise, the governments that they're trying to work with on things like, you know, sustainable energy policy 
or um, sustainable agriculture are so swamped with the health crisis that there really isn't the bandwidth to be thinking about the broader kind of sustainable green agenda. So I think it's going to essentially eclipse a year and a bit of driving forward policy on these really important sustainable development issues. So that's SDSN as a whole. Within my unit, Trends, which is a sort of global virtual think tank on the data revolution for sustainable development. And I should just say, um, I'm the director of the Secretariat, but we're actually a a network of about uh, 30 leading experts in data and statistics from around the world, from universities, government, and so on. So they are very much the experts, and we in the Secretariat just try to sort of percolate their great ideas into outputs and, and so on. In terms of how it's affected us, I mean, I think one of the most obvious things is that everyone in the uh, in the community in which we work so with a lot of the sort of data practitioners and statisticians and so on are very alarmed about the potential governance implications of all of this that the health crisis is necessitating that we look to new sources of data and information and in many ways that's good it's catalyzing the kind of data revolution quote unquote that we've been advocating for for you know a good few years it's driving innovation and so on and that is all very positive but a crisis is never really the time to innovate, right? Um, you don't have the breathing room to really carefully consider the policy and regulatory frameworks within which you're operating, the legal contracts, which are going to guide partnerships with third party entities, and so on and so forth. And um, so one of the biggest risks that we see within trends is the potential for there to be these new partnerships with third party actors or even across government where the right safeguards aren't put in place and potentially there could be breaches of sharing of metadata and stuff like that but more importantly I think and more likely is that it could put in place imbalanced partnership agreements uh, between private companies and public actors who giving the private companies who have more legal capacity and more bandwidth to negotiate these contracts, you know, the advantage essentially in, in who uses, owns, controls data moving forward. I think the fact that the conversation is becoming a lot more common if you will and it's sort of you know becoming a lot more public issues around you know governance good governance of data public private data sharing data control the fact that that's coming into mainstream discussion is incredibly positive because it's putting it at the forefront of many non-experts and non-lawyers minds and that's you know really really important I think making sure that everyone goes into these partnerships not sort of blinded by Silicon Valley stardust but very aware of you know you're getting something very very useful but there will be trade-offs and there will be costs and those have to be managed very judiciously um, with you know the right legal advice so I think just the fact that that narrative is becoming more common is incredibly positive i think the other thing um that i think there are other ways that we can also potentially um mitigate the negative impacts of all this so one really important thing that we can do is and we in SCSN have been working a lot on is looking at examples of good practice within past contracts and past public private sharing agreements and you know successful policy frameworks um good regulatory environments and trying to sort of provide examples of best practice where possible sort of some replicable elements some templates of of things that 
countries and actors with less capacity can consider as they go into these partnerships. Um, so, you know, we've got a project called Contracts for Data Collaboration, which looks specifically at, at the contracts, but there are many different pieces to all of this. Um, so I think there's a lot that, you know, the international community, the, the sort of um, data scientists, data revolutioners, as you might call them, people working in global data policy can do to support um, countries with this right now. We all need to be consciously thinking about these governance issues so that we're not inadvertently putting in place structures we can't take down in the future. I mean, I don't think there will be a day after. I think it's going to be a gradual return to normality. Um, but I very much hope that coming off the back of this, um, all of these governance issues will be front and centre of governments' minds. And the idea that, you know, empowering the National Statistical Office with the right and other statistical and data actors across government with the right operating frameworks, with the right legal remit, um, etc., is hugely important to respond in a crisis. So I think I'm hoping that you know this will lay the ground to some degree for this to be a really important issue and, and, and topic across governments thereafter and with a strong focus on policy and regulation. I think the other thing that this crisis will hopefully do, um, being optimistic for a moment, is it's, it's hopefully it will expose, it has exposed the gross inadequacy of health administrative data systems around the world, right? You know, we, we have really struggled to get real-time accurate mortality data you know, from a huge number of countries. We have really bad disease tracking um, and contact tracing methods in a huge number of countries. Uh, you know, we've been relying on models for a large part of the world, um, and that's just totally inadequate. I mean, Bill Gates describes this as pandemic one. You know, this is the, the future, unfortunately, in terms of um, health crises. We are going to see more and more of these kinds of events, and we need to have really efficient data and information systems to be able to respond, you know, in a timely fashion and, and kind of nip the, these, these horrible uh, health issues in the bud as soon as, as possible. So I really hope this also will, uh, will draw big attention towards investing in health data systems um, and effective cross-governmental real-time information management systems as well. So um, I think th if those two things are sort of top of the agenda, once COVID's over, I think we'll be in a, a good place and we can put in place the foundations of strong information systems that can help us respond to future crises. If there's any government representatives, National Statistical Office representatives listening to this, I would really encourage them to think about leaning on academic institutions and universities, people looking at data policy, lawyers within universities looking at these topics, to really get some external assistance and advice or, you know, entering into these partnership agreements. It's not all legalese, you know, there's a lot of very basic terms and principles and elements that need to be considered in any of, any of these new data partnerships. And there's a lot of people out there with the requisite expertise to help you know, you just have to create the entry points and, and invite them in. So we certainly in STSN Trends um, are, you know, standing by to be of assistance as we can um, and working with many of our country partners um, to do just that. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can all work together to try and support countries to respond to this horrible environment as, as best they can.